Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Josh and Jason Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast Show. I am your host, Josh Monday. If you don't know me, I'm a Christian rapper, devoted husband, father, and army veteran. I'd like to introduce you to my co-host. He's a Christian, devoted husband, and father, and football coach. What's up, Jason? How's it going, bro? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I like how you start that off. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Josh and Jason Monday Podcast. <laughs> I like how you start that out. No, hey, how you doing? Just sorry, man. I'm a little. Like, you know, when you, you're tired and everything's like, you, you get kind of loopy and everything's funny and, you, and like, you're just, you got like really good. <laughs> it's weird. That's how I am right now. So let's okay. go. Yeah, I'm ready. No problem. <laughs> well, we have a, we have an amazing guest for us today. Um, author of the book, They Only Come Out at Night. And she also has other books available, but this is the one we're kind of concentrating on today. Uh, Vicki Anderson, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. We appreciate you coming on. You know, um, one of our, well, one of the listeners that's heard you actually got a hold of me and said, Hey, can you please have her on your guys' show? Um, I, he's, he's actually, it's a he or she, I'm not sure because of the name, but they've been, uh, uh, connecting me with the, quite a few people. So that's like our new bookie, I guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> you got a free publicist. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. So yeah. So I'm glad that they introduced us. I got to hear you on, uh, the Goslings. I started kind of doing some research on you and I was like, wow, she's good. She's an amazing uh, speaker and she does a really good job at, you know, entertaining. I'm sorry. Explaining is what I meant to say (laughs) and entertaining too. You know, you're funny on the show and you're doing great. So yeah, let's, uh, let's get into that. I mean, if you want to get into like the, the, uh, the only come out at night, like um, if you want to get into some of that research and then maybe we can get into like some spiritual warfare. Um, I heard you kind of talking about like the three heavens and stuff like that. I like to get into that. That'd be awesome. But um, if you want to start out wherever you'd like to start, we could we could go. Yeah. What, what what's what's your book about? I want I want to know that because when you mentioned it, I was like, it says it's supposed to portray to what we what we go over that what our show goes over because that's gonna. I want to hear what this is about. So yeah, that's a good job, Vicky. So welcome. Yeah, absolutely. So the latest book is They Only Come Out at Night, Exposing the Dark Weapon of Sleep Paralysis. Mm. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there written about sleep paralysis. Most of it's nonsense. Most of it's gaslighting. Most of it's pseudoscience. Most of it is just, you know, (laughs) entertainment, as you so uh, adequately (laughs) quipped earlier. And, you know, Uh, For someone who has gone through sleep paralysis for decades upon decades, started when I was a really little kid. Don't even know when it started. I can push it back to three, four, um, but I have a hunch it was happening even before then. But for those of us who actually go through it, the the stuff that you find online is actually pretty insulting on on several levels. You know, we're just gaslit and told it's not real and you're delusional or you're schizophrenic or you ate pizza before you went to bed or whatever the, the you know, explanation du jour is. But I think we have finally reached an, an age where we can start having some intellectually honest discussions on sleep paralysis. You know, it for a very long time, and we're maybe still on the tail end of it, Sleep paralysis was one of those fringe topics that nobody really wanted to take seriously, primarily because so many people encounter it. And I think with the supernatural and the paranormal, it has to be weird. It has to be strange. It has to be out of the ordinary. And if it's something where you you tell someone your experience and they go, oh, yeah, I had that too, it normalizes it. And therefore, people don't really want to give it the credit that it's due because whether 10 people have had it or 10 million of people have had it. If you have had it, it's scary. So um, it'd be one thing if everybody was just having straight up narcoleptic kind of side effects with this. But as soon as you start talking about Grim Reapers and shadow people and succubus is coming into it and getting pulled out of your body and sucked into the astral, at some point we've got to at least consider that there could be some spiritual and supernatural components to this. Oh, I, I've seen the shadow people. <laughs> I know, I know you, Josh. I've known you've seen the shadow people before. <laughs> yes, it's, it's I, only it's only when you stay up for a shorter yeah, amount days. of for, yeah for a <laughs> when you go on a Daytona day four, you're like around there. You're like, yeah. whoa, what is like? That's not. I feel like. <laughs> That's funny that you say shout out because that stuff is real. Like, I, no lie. I, if you've been up awake, I think you could, 
I think you start using more of your brain when you're doing that and you start to see things that aren't really that that, that are there that ain't supposed to be there. I I feel like that's that's how it goes, but I don't know, but that's that's pretty funny I say the shadow people because I've actually dreaming wise like no, but I've actually had where I the sleep process where you where you mentioned that I've had it, I have I've had that a lot in my life and it's 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 not something I talk about a lot of with people but it's it's it is real and it happens all the time and just you don't know when it's going to happen it just comes on and it's um it's pretty freaky i i I don't like it because i feel like there's a way you could tap into that even more if you actually cross over that line i don't i don't i don't like it because it makes you it it is it is really weird it feels like feels like you're dead or you're almost close to being like you're on that on that verge of just like dying and and like you're right there it feels like a to me, when the room goes black and, it ha- and and that happens, it's like, you know, you're, you're not awake and you're not asleep. You're like right at that point where you're about to go into that kind of a sleep. And, and when it when it hits you, you're like, oh, man, this is here it comes. And there's nothing you do about it. There's not a you could be the strongest dude in the world and there's nothing you could do about it because you have it. It's like if it feels like your hands are held down. There's it feels like a 300 pound man just sitting on your chest. You can't move. And you're like, wow, dude. I feel like I'm on that. I, I like sometimes I feel like I'm going into a diabetic coma or something like that because I feel like I'm just like right at that point of like not, not waking mm-hmm. up. It's weird, and, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you have you you experienced it. You said you do, but if it's anything like that, where it is the room just it, it's lit, I can see the room, but it's not like it's like moonlight in. That's what that's what I feel like. It's like it's, the room feels like it's, it looks like moonlight, but you can see it, and then it just goes. You'll start to see from the top to bottom. Or the bottom to the top, it, it just matters which way. I don't know if it's like a mood or in or like that, but it just goes do, 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 And you feel like it. I don't know if you ever seen that movie. Uh, oh, man, I had Kevin Bacon where this is where he had like, he was hit. I remember much- that. Yeah, I it's remember just that, like that, how the room goes black. It's like, now you're now you're asleep. Like you have that time and you're like, what the? And then when you wake up, it's maybe it's an hour later or maybe it's like 10 minutes. It's weird. It's like, I'm getting the chills right now because if I can, I can actually feel it happening right now. I don't want it to happen. I don't, I don't like it, but because I feel like if you could tap into that, because I know we had a guest on me before, I think you could go into like a, it's like astral projection or something like that. That's what I feel like you could do. So I don't know if that's what your book talks about, but go on. Sorry, Vicky. I just wanted to. No, no, that's great. It's always, it's always a, corroboration when yeah. the, the people who haven't done the research or, or haven't written the book say oh man that happened to me I mean I I have very few people when I mention sleep paralysis that say what's that I I really thought that when people asked me what's your book about and I said sleep paralysis that I would need to be explaining it to everyone so I had my little elevator speech because I just figured that 99 out of 100 people were going to say what's that and it's actually the exact opposite 99 out of 100 people not only know what it is but have an experience where it happened to them one time or it's happened to them a lot. And it's just like you're talking about. It's, it's this split second, whether you're in an altered state of consciousness, just going into sleep, just coming out of sleep or deep within a dream cycle. A lot of my sleep paralysis started in a dream. You ever have the and, same dream, the re, like a reoccurring one that does. Yeah. There, there, that's, that's, that's what kind of does it too. So I, I, I'm, I'm glad that I haven't even read your book. So I'm glad that we're on the same, we're on the same page here. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It doesn't make me feel like I'm crazy. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm the only one that, that that's ever happened to because it, it's weird. It is very no. weird. No. And, and that's the official narrative, you know, for the longest time, if this happened, you were schizophrenic, that was the most popular, you were delusional, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But there is a moment where the entire atmosphere shifts it affects all five of your senses you know that you know that you know this is something different happening this isn't just a dream and exactly like you said it it's really a gateway into deeper and deeper dimensions so to speak it's really similar to now as i'm starting to research and study uh people that have taken ayahuasca and it's really fascinating when you talk to or when you listen to rather celebrities on these talk shows that talk about all of their ayahuasca Hmm. retreats and what they say is that before they have this big enlightening epiphany where the light and the love and the answers and to all the meaning of life and the secrets of the universe are are handed to them on a silver platter they talk about this 
death that they have to go through. And it's kind of this like cosmic battle that they go through in, in this darkness. And they're, they're very much describing a sleep paralysis type state. And they are kind of talking about the same dimensional and fractal realms. Uh, and there, there's a little bit of a difference between people that have sleep paralysis um, and then get pulled into these astral dimensions and people that get the portal to the astral realm is through psychedelics. And a lot of people who take the psychedelics probably because they're enhancing their, their well, mind as this is happening. I think there's, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Keep going. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, I, I was just going to say, they're seeing more of a fractal realm or a fractal version of the astral realm. It's more distorted than you would see if you were not inebriated. I think, I think they also invite it in, you know, they're, they're actually, they're letting the, you know, the demons, you got to give it a channel, right? So they, they have to, they're actually accepting it. Let me do it. And then, you know, like you said, I think I heard you on another podcast that they got these, uh, the whack version of the knowledge, you know, that the, these, these demons are giving them. And you know what? It's all about deceptions and deceiving. So, um, you know, so you know that, that whatever they're showing them, they're not showing them what's really going on or what's really going to happen when you die. So what happens is they're like, oh, well, death is so great. I'm good with death now that I've done this drug because uh, the, the you know, this uh, light bearer showed me exactly what is going to happen. But the light bearer is, oh, you know, it's going to be Satan or it's going to be demons or fallen angels showing you these things. And, and you are getting a false light, you know, he's. He's uh and and it's it's really interesting because you know it does say that he can he can dress up as a um an angel of light right or he could be an angel of light and that's what's happening with them but they're actually inviting it in but you guys are sleeping no permission given so my question would be like um like you know when when you were four or five I mean were you were you were you growing up in a Christian home were you growing up in a home that you you felt was pretty safe I mean there was no Freemasonry going on no secret society nothing like that so. I wonder how the 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 demon or whatever demonic forces that are are doing this get the permission to to do that. You know, that's what I'm wondering. You know, yeah. great question. And my book goes into exorbitant detail uh, to that question. Uh, chapter four, which is the one that intrigues most people, and most of my interviews sort of center around, is uh, called Astral Vampires and Threshold Covenants. And so we know from vampire lore that the vampire cannot come in unless it gets invitation and its foot goes over the threshold. And that threshold is really the, the key to all of this. Uh, we get our, we base our fictional caricaturized vampire lore on real Mesopotamian, Sumerian, Babylonian, Egyptian, and Semitic dogma. Uh, the the ancient myths, the Epic of Gilgamesh, the old the old stories, the Lilith, the Screech Owl, the Lamashtu, these things, and they are these night demons that come out and prey on people. They have to have permission. So what do you do with these three and four year olds that never explicitly said, "Please come in, you are welcome." And uh, in the Christian realm, we think of invitation as intentional willful rebellion or sin or iniquity and you're messing with the Ouija board you're watching porn you're cheating on a spouse and the fact of the matter is these entities don't even need something that huge and fantastic you don't have to go over the line and 20 miles down the road to give them the invitation the invitation can be something as simple as fear because the bible commands us 365 times do not fear uh, do not fear the ones who can, can you know, can, oh, can yeah. kill the body, cannot kill the soul, oh, yeah. uh, you know, all this stuff. And so trauma, any sort of like overwhelming, powerful emotion in the human spectrum that's somewhat negative. So it can be something like terror, anger, rage, bitterness, unforgiveness, trauma. It can be fear. It can be anxiety. It can be depression. It can be uh, a desire to seek revenge on someone who who hurt you. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't have to be this big. Um, I'll, I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, I was on uh, uh, Sabbath at midnight with Danny Frigulti, who has worked for years and years and years with cleansing haunted houses and working with entities and paranormal and poltergeist activity. And he was dealing with a guy that was having intense poltergeist activity in his home. And what it came down to after prayer and prayer mapping and everything was that 
he had not forgiven his father for something. And it wasn't even bad stuff. He, um, he was a caregiver for his father when he was in high school because his father was ill. And he, he had built up a resentment through the years that he had kind of lost his high school years. Oh. And it had turned into a bitterness and it had turned into this grudge and it was all that they needed. And when he repented of that, the activity stopped. And so what I really want people to understand, and I especially want Christians to understand, it's I call it youth group theology. You know, when you go to youth group, they tell you sex, drugs, rock and roll. You know, like if you drink, if you get drunk, if you take drugs, uh, if you uh, go to parties, if you sleep with your boyfriend or girlfriend, if you listen to heavy metal, you know, that's all these open doors. So if you just avoid uh, heavy metal and sex and drugs and alcohol, nothing can touch you. You're you're a Christian and Jesus is going to save you and nothing can hurt you. And the fact of the matter is walking in a covenant with God, you know, uh, that's the way the Bible describes being a Christian. You're in a covenant. And if you think of marriage, which is our closest conception to understanding a covenant, once you join a covenant, there's certain rules and expectations. There's certain things that you give up and you don't do anymore. There's certain things that if you would do, it would be deemed a betrayal. And so uh, there's a big difference between praying a cavalier prayer and going to church every Sunday and teaching Sunday school and making sure you only listen to Christian rock. You know, that that is very different than being in a betrothal covenant with a sinless, perfect, holy God. And because the entities and the demons are a thousand times more legalistic than God. And what I mean by that is God has mercy. He has grace. And we can come to him and we can say, I am really sorry. And he'll say, as far as the East is from the West, right? We're not mm -hmm. gonna burn in hell because we did that. We can start over. But the fact of the matter is, if we have some sort of sin or iniquity or rebellion in our heart that we've confessed, but we haven't repented of, Confessed means admitting I shouldn't have done that. Sorry. Sorry, I got caught. Repentance means I'm going to turn from this and not do it anymore. And we see this when Jesus told the woman caught in adultery, go and sin no more. In other words, I have forgiven you. Uh, you're not going to get stoned to death for this, but don't let me see you doing it again. Right. And so uh, grace is the capacity to become sanctified. Grace, grace is the capacity to no longer desire sin. Grace isn't, hey, I got this free pass. I can sin whenever I want, right? So Jesus is willing to forgive us. But these, these entities and the demons, if they know that they have a little bit of a foothold, there's something that you're keeping secret. There's something you've confessed, but you haven't really repented. Or, you know, you did it, but you really don't feel bad about it. You felt entitled to it. You know, uh, all things are permissible, right? Uh, so anyway, if those doors are left open, it, they will take whatever they can get. If they can get a little toe in the door, they are going to do what it takes. And a lot of times this sleep paralysis, uh, I think in some cases they're attacking you because the door is already open. In other cases, I think they're testing the waters. They're, they are trying to navigate where your easy button is, right? Because some people get lured into this through sexual temptation and the incubus and the succubus. Others don't. Others, uh, it becomes terror that they can't give over to the Lord and they can't uh, they can't control that that emotion or give that over to the Lord or trust the Lord with that. Or so they're kind of looking for your easy button, right? And so what what happens a lot is there are people that don't have a haunted house don't have demons, there's really nothing in their house or their life that would give this thing legal right to them. But if they can come in and give you a sleep paralysis experience and scare the crap out of you, one or two, one of two or three things can happen. Um, some people, even though they're scared, become really intrigued with this. What is this? And am I special? This isn't happening to my other friends. Am I under spiritual attack? Uh, because is, this is warfare because I am a threat to the enemy. I'm a warrior. This doesn't happen to other people because uh -huh. they're weak in their faith. They become, and so, they become boastful, yeah. 
they become boastful, they become prideful, they become intrigued. Um, and there's, there's different ways then that the invitation can then be given. Oh, I kind of, I don't really want that to happen again, but I kind of want to know who they are and what, what they want. Then there's the other approach where people then automatically assume there's a demon or a ghost in their house. So they run to the internet and they do something that gives them the invitation. Like they, they bring a medium in or they have their house cleansed or they sage yeah. their house or they sage. do some ancient ritual. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So yep. now, now you do have something because you have invited it now. So they're very, they're tricksters, you know? And so it's, uh, you start to feel like you control it. You feel, you start to feel like you can control it inside there. When you're going into there, you feel like you like, you know what? If I just breathe slowly, I can control it. If I could just do that. It's really weird. And you're like, am I in a dream? Should I stay here? Should I just stay right here? And, and that's what it's weird. It's like you you kind of want to test your limits in it. I've gone longer and longer in it before. And I'm like, whoa, dude, I don't know what's going on right now. And I and I, and I want to wake up so bad. You just you just can't. You cannot yeah. wake up. You cannot. You're, you're telling yourself, get up, dude. You have to get up. You're going to die right now. You're going to die, bro, if you don't get up right now. I swear. And it feels just like that. And I'm like. And you come out, you're like, oh, whoa, dude, right on. And you wake up, you're like, look at the room, like, oh, shoot, dude, I just, oh, my <laughs> God. And you're like, you're like, you're like, you stay up for, I stay up for about, probably about 15 minutes after. I'm like, hey, did I, was I like, I feel like if I, I'm like, man, did I, I got to take my inhaler. I'll go to my inhaler, maybe take a little hit of that, and then I'll, then I'll go back to sleep, and I'll, it'll be fine. But it happens more than you think, unless it's, and it's not, it's been going less and less lately. But I've had them, I've had them before, like, and I know what you're talking about, like you, some people want to, because I looked up on the internet to see what it was, and it's like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> that's a, that's the thing, yeah, so, or you'll run to a Catholic priest, and then. No, no, bring, no, no, they, no, they, no, they no. Bring, not you, not you, not you, not you, I'm talking about what you said when you, when you go online and you, and you search, I'm not saying that you would, Jason, I'm saying <laughs> that people would do that. Dude, you get counted down. Bring, you get counted down. Once you start to learn, I, I started counting down, I'm like, oh, here it comes, I'm like, okay, 10 nine eight and then you're just you're gone you're like oh whoa then you wake up and it's weird it's so weird because you feel like something is holding you down and you're like dude let me go please let me go it feels like you're even saying the words and you're and it's just you're not but you're not awake fully you're not a, i don't know if maybe my wife mm -hmm. could hear me but I'm, you're not awake fully dude you're just it's like sometimes you hit that REM sleep where you're like, you are out. There doesn't matter what's going on. And then you finally get that. I haven't got that lately. That's maybe that's, I think that's why I haven't like really had one lately. Cause I haven't got that. I like that really good. Yeah. That really good wow. sleep. But but right now I'm like, yeah, I'll run off like four or five hours of sleep at night, but, but it'll happen still. So like, it feels like I swear to you, it feels like you're going to a diabetic coma, bro. You're like, Oh, did I eat too much sugar right now? Am I, am I like you? You start thinking of all these possibilities. Why are you in this spot? And you're not even asleep yet. It's like it, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, but I I don't know if it's it's just a weird feeling for me. And I and I want to. You want to cry. You want to scream. You want to fight. And it does it doesn't matter. You can't do anything. You can't even move. I think Vicky actually en enjoys what you're saying, dude, because it's corroborating what she wrote in the book, and it's also showing firsthand that, you know, out of, I mean, there's three people on the show right now and two of you have had it. So, and I haven't, <laughs> I haven't had it, but still that's like, Good. <laughs> you know, there's, I, yeah, I, I'm not saying that I wouldn't ever have it, or maybe I have had it before and maybe just didn't remember, but at this moment, I, I, I don't believe I've had that yet, but I have other things, you know what I mean? So, I mean, we all get, we all have, well, our, it's not, it's not something I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to be, <laughs> this Hey, it's not no, fun it's, to have, bro. It's like, not, what do you? Not, not so much that. What it is is Vicky wrote about this. She wrote a whole book. She did all this research, and and it's something that's near and dear to her for people to know and for you to to tell her firsthand that it happened to you. I think that it's a good thing for us to talk about. You know, it, absolutely. It, it, it's, it's been happening since I was like probably like maybe fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Interesting. Well, and I think a lot of people they put their focus on how do I get out of it? How do I shake myself out of it? How do I wake myself up? And yeah, obviously, when you're in the moment, that's the most important thing. Get me out of here. But uh, what is not really ever addressed and is even more important, because eventually everyone's going to wake up from this. You know, this isn't Nightmare on Elm Street. You're not going to be pulled into a furnace room and murdered by a guy with a claw hand. You know, <laughs> the fact is, eventually you're going to wake up, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes and out. Uh, you know, we're all going to live through this. Like no one's ever died of sleep paralysis. Now, I, I believe that there are occult 
blood rituals and especially ones done in other countries and witch doctor rituals and stuff where they do kill people in their sleep and it, it's demonically related but sleep paralysis as terrifying as it is you know we are eventually whether we have a tactic for it or not we will wake up uh what's more important once you've woken up is to understand that the doors need to be closed and anyone who knows anything about witchcraft uh or uh occult matters Every time a ritual is done or a portal is open, there's always a closing of the circle or there is on a, on a Ouija board, you have a goodbye and you're instructed with, with specificity that anytime you're playing with a Ouija board, which I would obviously not promoting that, I'm talking to people who have done it. The people that do it know that that planchette, you have to put it to goodbye you have to basically tell those those demons or those entities you're talking about, I'm done speaking with you. In other words, I'm setting a boundary. I don't want to speak with you anymore. And you're, you know, if you don't close that circle or you don't say that goodbye, those things that you conjured are still there. And this is the oversight of most people who have sleep paralysis. They wake up, they're so relieved it's done. And they'll do whatever they need to do to bring comfort to themselves, whether it's go back to sleep or get up or have a cup of tea or say a prayer or whatever it is. Uh, but most people with sleep paralysis will report that for hours afterwards, for the rest of the day at work or for a couple of days afterwards, they're looking over their shoulder. They feel fear. They feel oppressed. They feel that it's still there. They go into their room. They still feel a presence there. And they're not crazy. The fact of the matter is that when we wake up from these experiences, we have to say, you know, in the name of Jesus, get out. You do not have permission to be in this room. And then whatever you think needs to be done by way of your own soul searching or repentance or prayer or seeking God's wisdom or the discernment of the spirit of God uh, to get those doors closed. I have a prayer mapping exercise at the end of my book that talks about how to pray to the source of your sleep paralysis. That's especially for people where this is happening repeatedly. Uh, how do you pray to the source and get to the bottom of it? But if you just wake up and go, oh, holy crap, and then roll over and go back to sleep, whatever that thing was in your room, if you didn't say goodbye or get out, uh, it's probably still lingering there. Mm. I've never said I, I, it's been on my mind the rest of the day. It would be, I, I, I can still remember times. I can still pull out times on my mind when it's happened. And it's like, man, you're just like, Oh, like it, it, I, I don't ever speak to nothing about it. I just, I just, I, it does linger on my mind like the rest of the time. And like, like for a couple of days after then I won't think about it for a while. But then when it comes to talking about stuff like this, it, 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 it does, it does bring it up, but it's not, I don't ever, I, I don't ever thought of it that way, but you know what? That's, that's probably what I'll think about next time. And I'll just be like, Hey, you know, cause I do stay up. I, 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 I just don't go right back to sleep after it's ne I've never, when it's happened, I've never just go, Oh, I'm going, I'm just going to lay back down and go right to sleep. It's I'm, I'll, I'll stay awake for a little while and think about like, okay, if you go, if I close my eyes again, is it going to do, am I going to go right back into that situation? Cause I've done that where you go right back in and you're like, what the, what is going on right now? And it's like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like if you can tap into that, you're going to, you're going to go into a place where you don't want to, I, I don't want to be in that place. I don't, I don't want to, that's not, that's not for me right now. That's like, cause I do believe there's, there's spiritual things. I, I, I do believe that when you go to sleep that like, there's someone that's, there could be someone that's watching over you at night and like astral projected into your, into your life, you know, like you don't even know, like if you get, you know, maybe even not sucked into a, room and get murdered but you could go and i think you i i feel like you could lose your mind in that and i, I wouldn't want to do that that's it's 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 a place where and you can hear it you can hear yourself talking to yourself it's weird it's like it's, it's so weird dude. it's like a it's like yeah it's i don't know i've done ayahuasca but it is like feeling like you're just like you're floating in yeah if just like a drug dude like you're like you're on you're on something and it's like you're not it's yeah, that's that, that that brings that brings a lot of memories back it's like you're like wow <laughs> i just see that i could tell, that I could tell they, it affected you man that's crazy. it does because because you because i'm i'm i love sleep and like when i sleep it, it feels good to sleep but when and it feels like if i sleep on my stomach it doesn't do that if i sleep on my back 
like it, it'll it'll because it, i always wake up and i'm like this like you're you're like what the hell dude was something like i know something's grabbing me i know something, it feels like something's slowing you down you're like man just let me go and it's just like you, it's, you don't hear no but it's just, I, I i not me i don't i don't hear but it's just like uh-uh hmm, that's crazy you ain't going nowhere dude and i was like man what is did, did i did i do something like if did i drink too much last night it's like i didn't drink it like you start going through a process in your mind when you wake up like did i do this or not i do that all right well i guess it's just chalk it up to like just some kind of maybe i just like that's when because there's there's sleep you know when you like you know when you go you're really tired you just knock out you just lay down you just wake up like oh crap it's it's already morning time holy crap it's not like that it's like you go into a spot where you're not at sleep and you're not awake you get that it's a weird level it's like it's not it's it's i don't i don't know how to explain it it's 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 a place where in between reality and sleep i guess you know you literally, yeah literally because what what is it it's not your your mind is awake it's still clicking you're still thinking you're not but you can't move you can't talk and you can't like that's why that's how i don't know if anybody can hear me but i'm trying to talk and i'm like maybe okay. i'm talking i don't know but i've never heard anybody well i have talked to my sleep but i don't know my wife is always just, she never says anything, but she says I move a lot. But if I'm on my back, I can't sleep that way. I never sleep like that on my back because I'm afraid I'm have a heart attack like, like laying like that. I don't want to do that. I'll sleep on my stomach. I don't care how sore I get. And I don't want to have one of those. I don't like having those. It's not a fun, it's not a, it's not a fun state to be in. I don't think it's not for me because some people I've heard that they do that and they, they, I've read about it and they could, they learn how to, they learn how to astral project themselves out of that. And you just go out of your body and you can see yourself sleeping and you can see yourself. That's, that's what I, you can feel like if you wanted to try to, it feels like you want to, like your body's like, go ahead, just go try that side. It's, it's, it'd be like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm going to mm-hmm. stay right here on this side. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to want to cross that boundary. I don't want to. Maybe Vicky, maybe you could touch on that. I mean, is that something that, that you've dealt with or people that have told you that they, that's how they, they, they get into the astral projection because of this? Yeah. Yeah. I do talk about that a lot in the book as well. I do want to address one of the myths. It's not really a myth, uh, but most people when they wake up from sleep paralysis, as stated, are usually on their back. Not always, uh, but I'd say nine times out of 10. And for most people, that's the case. And so because of that, a lot of people with habitual sleep paralysis will not sleep on their back. I was like that for many, many years as well. But I think Hollywood gave something away. I have seen numerous shows, uh, horror movie type things where there's some sort of entity coming to them in their sleep. And what happens is while this uh, person is asleep in their bed, the entity will come and will roll them over. And so I think the fact that we wake up on our back isn't necessarily because we fell asleep on our back, but because that is how we were repositioned for the next step, so to speak. Uh, For some reason, whatever they're they're trying to accomplish uh it is it is a a better angle for them if we're on on our back now that could be an incubus succubus sexual thing but it could also be uh maybe the ideal position for uh astral projection i don't know speculating there but it seems like for the most part when people have this experience they do wake up on their back um and even if I fall asleep on my stomach or on my side, if I had one of those experiences, I will typically wake up on my back. Um, but with that said, uh, sleep paralysis is sort of the the bus stop. Uh, when when you get into the astral realm, the sleep paralysis is the first stage. And some people will have lucid dreaming in there as the second phase. Uh, and then out-of-body experience as a third phase, and then astral projection as the fourth. And what's 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 difficult about this is there are a lot of people out there, as we know, that know how to astral project. They're intentionally doing it. They know how to get there. They know when they're there. They know what they want to accomplish. Uh, but for the most part, people like you and I, who don't want to have any part in this and we're not studying it and we don't want to be up there and we've read Ephesians 6.12 and we don't want to be in the heavenlies where the archons and the principalities that hate us live. So for those of us, I would say that 
a good many of us have been astrally abducted. We have had dreams. And when we wake up, we have no memory of them. We don't recall them. We just think it's a nightmare. Uh, here's the interesting thing with sleep paralysis. And I do think that sleep paralysis is a form of abduction. So typically when you say abduction, people think UFOs, they think aliens, they think, you know, sitting on the, on the table, getting medically experimented and probed and all this stuff. And it's not the same. When I say abduction in, with sleep paralysis, it's not the same. You're not going to a lab. You're not typically seeing the alien grays, but it is an abduction. And with, with an alien abduction, people typically have no memory of what happened to them similar to when we wake up and don't remember our dreams a lot of the times. The only thing that typically tips a person off that something must have happened that I don't remember is some sort of flash of bright light or seeing a UFO or something like that is followed by obvious missing time. They either made note of the clock before they were abducted and they realize hours have gone by or they're several hundred miles down the road from where they were driving or that it was daytime and now it's nighttime. And so they know something happened because that missing time gave it away. This is what's really clever, diabolical and frightening about the sleep paralysis abduction. When we go to bed at night, the average American sleeps anywhere from four to eight hours. So if you wake up and four, five, six, seven, eight hours have gone by, you're never gonna question, hey, what happened to me? Where have I been? You're never gonna question that. And if you do have some sort of vestiges in your mind of a sleep paralysis experience or a nightmare or somebody chasing you or weird people uh, that were confronting you or, or strange things like that, you're gonna chalk it all off to a bad dream or you ate the pizza before you went to bed and it was digesting wrong. And all these, these again, narratives that are on online to get people to not question or worry about things. Uh, it was just a nightmare, go back to bed. So what, what I try- They don't want to get people to to even think about the spiritual you know, aspect. They don't want to think about you know, God or, or the devil or demons or fallen angels. They don't, they want you to be thinking that it's just in your mind, just like with depression, yep. just like with anxiety, just like with all the mental illnesses out there. They want them people to think that they're just- schizophrenic or they're just this or that but really um i could tell that a lot of people i, I believe ha do have a demon involved in their anxiety their depression or their mental illness yeah yep you know it's interesting i had a chapter in the book that had to come out the the original version of my book i mean it would have been an encyclopedia so a lot of it had to come out but one of the chapters that i wrote and this is always controversial to talk about because we don't want people to hear and uh, we, we don't want people to hear us saying that there's no such thing as physical or mental illness. Every single thing, every malady in the world is a demon and you're demon Man, possessed like if you have, you know, <laughs> a, a lot of people, they, they hear, they go you know, extreme you, on it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, because it is, it is controversial when you start talking in modern day where we have, we've learned better and we're not like those ancient people where they thought everything was a demon. Uh, but the fact is, despite how far we've come advanced in medical and scientific technology, the demons haven't gone anywhere. You know, they've just known that in the United States of America, where we don't believe in that nonsense, that they just operate on a more covert level. So they know how to mimic the side effects and the symptoms of physical and mental illness. And sometimes in addition to a demonization, which um, is just kind of like, uh, I think a more accurate way of saying that someone's demon possessed. Uh, if someone is demonized, those demons are intelligent enough to throw a whole bunch of symptoms out there so that that person is gonna be misdiagnosed and treated and medicated according to those symptoms. And no one's ever gonna find that they're really behind it. They're smart enough to do that. And I think one of the coolest examples of this is in, in I, it's, I know it's in at least two of the Gospels. It might be in three. And so you get a little bit more detail depending on which Gospel you're reading. But it's the one where the father brings his son to Jesus. And he says, my, my son is, uh, has fits of seizures and he throws himself into the fire. And 
and all this. And what's fascinating is if you look up that verse, like if you go to a Bible hub or something like that, where they have all of the translations listed for you, uh, some translations, the father is saying that his son has seizures. In some translations, it says he has epilepsy. In some, it says he has a lunatic spirit. Mm. Um, in it, so it, it, it says um, lunacy, seizures, epilepsy. In one, I think it says he has an epilepsy demon. Mm. And uh, I did some research back in the day. Uh, a couple of years ago, they unearthed this Egyptian cuneiform medical tablet in some uh, library. And it was on Bennu, the epilepsy demon. Mm. And so the, the the take that the story had was, of course, oh, look how silly the people were back in the day when they were too dumb to figure out what epilepsy was. So they thought it was a demon. Like, of course, that's the narrative. But yeah. what's interesting about that passage in the scripture is uh, Jesus did not heal the boy of epilepsy. He cast a demon out. And uh, my guess is, is that his symptoms were mimicking epilepsy. And uh, so they were they were looking at it as if it was a malady. However, uh, it's interesting that in one translation, it says lunatic demon. And we know that the word lunatic comes from Luna of the moon. Mm -hmm. And that a lot of uh, pagan cultures in the first century worshipped the moon gods like Sin, S-I-N in the Old Testament. Uh, and so if this family or if this father had taken his boy, because we learn in one of the gospels, Jesus says, how long has this been happening to your son? And he says, since childhood, not since birth. He wasn't mm -hmm. born with it. It wasn't genetic. So somewhere in the midst of this boy's adolescence, he developed these seizures. And the father calls it a lunatic demon. Mm. Well, that father, uh, if he was not previously uh, familiar with Yahweh or the worship of, you know, that the Jews worshiped, or he wasn't familiar with who Jesus was. If, if that father had at all been involved in the worship of the moon gods and taken his family there, uh, or if, if he or his son had even been involved in a ritual, uh, it, it, it's interesting that the father was included in that story to me, because now we have authority and headship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that plays into a lot of, of the invitation too. we were talking earlier about how, how to, how to three and four year olds invite these things in. Maybe they didn't, maybe it yeah. was the head of the household. That's, that what sort I was of asking, thing. that's what I was asking you if the, you know, what your, your parents background, you know, our parents did a lot of drug, like, you know, drugs, stuff like that. Uh, marijuana. I mean, I know some people might not think that's a drug, but to me, I mean, any, anything is inviting a demon in whether you're, you know, any vice you have, you know, whether you're Still smoking cigarettes, you're dipping, you know, tobacco or you're drinking or even caffeine that, that gets me, you know, so, uh, anything could, could invite it. And also pornography was another thing that was happening, you know, at the house. And, and, uh, so maybe that's something that, you know, was happening. Maybe that's how the demon got to Jason. I don't know. Um, but um yeah and also like jack parsons when they did that one you know babylon rising they never closed that you were talking about closing it and they never closed that portal they never closed that deal so they just yep. kept it open right so that's kind of interesting and uh man but also you're talking about uh earlier about witchcraft and that's that's something that happens is, is those people they get spiteful with somebody they want to get revenge so they so they turn to witchcraft and they start doing spells and then they ask demons like the, the demon saying hey if you do this for me i'll do that and they, they light candles and they have the demon come into their room and they're like making deals with them, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, love also. They want to find love. So they do that way. The demon finds any way he can get in. And as long as he gets in, you know, he's he's, he's happy, you know, so or whatever he or she would. I don't know what it is, uh, but, you know, spiritually. <laughs> but um, and then are you do you believe like uh, the book of uh, Enoch, like that they're the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim, the demons? And and are you separating like a fallen angel from a demon or? OK, yeah, me too. Yep. I, I do, too, as well. Jason, I think, agrees with that. I see some people tell me that demons and fallen angels are the same. And uh, I, I asked, like, you know, if you look at what angels do in the Bible, they could they could kill one hundred eighty thousand men and, you know, in one shot. So mm -hmm. are you telling me that you're possessed by an angel? 
Like, I mean, if you were possessed by an angel, that would be probably a whole, whole different ball game, right? So yeah. um, that's kind of the, the the way I kind of go with it. But yeah, I'll just make it sure you knew you, you were with that. And then, you know, when they say we wrestle not against flesh and blood, um, but principalities of evil, um, principalities against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places, um, you know, in high places, right? And I think that's really interesting when, when I think I heard you talk in another podcast, so you know, um, the Bible talks about three heavens, right? So Paul talks in Corinthians about whether in the body, out of the body, I don't know. Uh, he went to the third heaven, which is where God's throne would be located, right? Um, so yeah, I heard you talk, kind of talk about that. If you want to touch on that um, a little bit before we before we end. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the word heaven never appears in the original inspired Hebrew original Old Testament. Uh, it's always a plural heavens. Uh, the the S or ES plural ending in Hebrew is not an S, it's an I am. And we see this uh, even with our limited knowledge of the language. A cherub is one angel. A cherubim is multiple cherubs. Uh, seraph, seraphim, uh, hashmal, hashmalim. So like the I am means plural. And so uh, the word heaven as a singular word does not appear in the Old Testament. And the heavens that we are, are, are shown in context in the scriptures is that the heavens and the earth that were created in Genesis, and that is the sky, uh, everything included in the firmament and the sun, the moon, the stars. And so when we look up to the sky, that's, that's the earthly visible heaven. Uh, but then we know from Ephesians 6.12 that there is high places, epiraneos, and I'll go into a little bit of detail about what that is and how it's different than the third heaven. The third heaven would be what John the Revelator saw when he saw the lamb seated on the throne and fell as, he, as though he was dead. It is what the Apostle Paul likely saw, though he didn't know if it was a vision or not, uh, this sort of thing. So that is the actual throne room were the seven spirits of God in the form of uh, menorah or before the throne and the, the creatures with the eyes are saying, holy, holy, holy. So obviously the heavens of Ephesians 6, 12 is, is not the throne room of, of almighty God. I don't think a lot of people are milling around in the throne room. I don't think a lot of fallen human beings are given access to that. We know Moses probably saw it. We, we know John got a glimpse of it. But even those like Paul and John and Moses, who we know got glimpses of it, they got glimpses of it because they played a, a, a radically important part in the unfolding of redemptive history as they were scribes and they were documenting things. And so I'm a little skeptical of these people that just go to bed every night and are floating around up in heaven and God's telling them about, who, you know, who their friends in church and who they're going to marry and all this silly that's really making a mockery of the th the throne room of god yeah. uh the the people that we see in scripture probably some of the most righteous people on earth who ever got glimpses of god or an angel or like you know glimpses of you know the the angel of god i should say uh they fell as dead they were terrified they fainted uh, so to just think that we're going to lackadaisically go up to the throne room of God whenever we want, and God's going to give us assignments and um, read our palms and let us know how we can tell our friends their future and all this nonsense. It's really a mockery. And it is a lack of, of sobriety and seriousness and understanding as to how holy that throne room really is. I don't think a lot of human beings are milling around up there or getting visions of that, though I do think it's possible. If the purpose is the glory of God or the unfolding of redemptive history, I don't think that we're just brought up there to give us a good feeling. Uh, so anyway, in, in Ephesians 6.12, when it talks about that, the high places, the heavenly places, it's the epiranios in the Greek. And what's really fascinating to me about the, the Greek in, in that particular verse, it talks about the the forces of wickedness in and the dark, the dark places are uh, the, the forces of darkness rather in the in the heavenlies. And the word darkness in that verse is so fascinating to me. The Greek word is scotia. And 
it means what you would think it would mean. Darkness is darkness, it's evil, wickedness, you know, that sort of a thing. But there's a really interesting caveat in the Thayer's lexicon, specific to the context of Ephesians 6.12, where the word darkness carries with it evil and wickedness that is allowed to 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 carry forth because of human ignorance of divine things and human ignorance of their standing or their mm. purpose yeah. so you see this with the new agers unfortunately they're brought to this place that looks like heaven and they're told you're chosen and you're special and you have these gifts and we need you and we have this special assignment and these are angels and you're going to be like a god and all this stuff and the reason so many people including christians can be duped into new age and gnostic teachings is because of their ignorance of divine things there's a lot we don't know about heaven and there's a lot we don't know about the astral realm there's a lot we don't know about these entities that live in the in the in the uh, heavenly realm but we also if we understood what our standing and purpose was why we were created we would not continually be stepping over that line and taking on the role of things that were assigned to angels and other things, because we would know that's not my job, that that's not my realm. And if the, if the heavenly entities were punished for leaving their first estate, mm -hmm. why are we not in mm -hmm. breach of contract when we leave our first estate, which is earth and go yeah. to the heavenly realms. And so uh, the, the study of Ephesians 6.12, if you really delve into the Greek of every word in there and you unpack it, there's so much more going on there than just, hey, pray spiritual warfare prayers because there's bad guys up there who want to oh. hurt you. Uh, there's there's layers yeah. and layers that unmask that astral realm and the inhabitants. Anyone who understood and believed Ephesians 6.12 would know that we have no business up there. And if we find ourselves up there, the best thing you can do is get yourself out of there as quickly as possible. Yeah, and I think that's interesting because Daniel 10, uh, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me, withstood me 21 days and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand. So it took 21 days for that angel to get to Daniel, right? So he's fighting against the prince of Persia, principalities. And this is in where the moon, sun, and the stars are located is where they're fighting. God's throne is above the firmament, right? Uh, you see that in uh, Ezekiel 126. He looks up, he sees a, a man on a throne, right? You see the cherubim below the firmament. So, you know, God's throne or the third heaven is, is up there above the firmament. So I think it's interesting, but it took 21 days spiritually fighting. And these are angels, you know what I mean? Against, you know, uh, the Prince of Persia could have been a fallen angel. That's just a, a powerful fallen angel, you know? And I think it gets, and, and also you see that a lot, like even in the book of Enoch and also in the Bible, you see that angels are referenced as stars. And, and uh, Book of Enoch is talking about the stars in rotation, right? And uh, they're all being judged. You talk about Jude. They're talking about wandering stars are being judged. Planets are being judged. Uh, it's not planets there. It's just a wandering star. It's not called the planet, just to let you guys know. And also yep. the and it also talks about the moon, sun, and the stars are to light up the earth. I think that's interesting, right? The greater light to rule the day, lesser light to rule the night. I think that's interesting. Um that those are made to light up the earth. So I don't believe they're going to be trillions upon, or actually billions upon billions or trillions upon trillions of miles away. I think they're a lot closer, right? I don't, I think that's just, uh, you know, just like we're talking about psychology is not correct with the Bible. Biology is not correct with the Bible. Uh, cosmology, in my personal opinion, is not correct either what science is saying compared to what the Bible says. I think it's really interesting. And uh, I really, that's something I believed also was that the spiritual warfare between fallen angels and angels are happening where the moon, sun of the stars are located, you know, and people that are saying I'm going to the moon, you know, three Freemasons acting like they're going to the moon. I think that they need to probably, uh, you know, come out and tell the truth that obviously didn't happen. You know, they won't even, God would even allow the tower of Babel to be built up to the firmament. Right. It's <laughs> so, what do we, you know, I just think it gets really interesting, but Vicky, I think this is a, 
powerful discussion. Amazing. Uh, Jason, did you want to go into anything real quick before we, before we uh, get off? No, I just want to say thank you for coming on and thank you for talking about this because it solidifies my, my viewpoints on this, on this subject. So I can actually, you know, I actually sleep better. No pun intended. Sleep better at night. (laughs) (laughs) I actually sleep better because it's, it's, it gives you a little bit more, maybe a little more power over it. So it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe I just should pray after it it happens and just go into that. And and I can, so I never thought of it that way. I just thought it was like, I'm not praying, but I am saying, oh my God, help get me out of here, dude, please. Like, this is not fun. Please, God, let me just wake up. Let me just wake up. Let me just wake up. And and you, like you said, you do wake up, but it's not, it's not fun because it, you do lose sleep over it because you don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to sleep that same night. So I'll stay awake for a little while. I'll go get some, I'll get something to, something to drink or I'll, I'll, I'll use the restroom. Like I'll just like, if I think I'm going to pee, cause usually it's always, it's funny because it's always around like three in the morning <laughs> around we, that time where it starts to, yeah, time, I know, but it's like, it's always around that time. You'll wake up at, I'll wake up. It's three o'clock or three ten or it's like three forty. in that range. It's never really like anything like really later past that. So that's why, that's why it's always bothered me. So three thirty three. that's not no no it's 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 in that realm dude seriously it's like not it's never four o'clock it's never two o'clock and so it's right at that time and on and it just it it it's it's weird it's very weird like when you finally like you wake up like oh wow yeah how long was that and it's it's never well vicky i think this is amazing uh show um any last words for our audience before we before we exit um, yeah, I just want to corroborate something that Jason just said. Um, that it's a really cool verse in scripture. Remember where the disciples are in the boat and they see Jesus walking toward them and they say, it's yeah. a ghost. Um, I can't remember. I always get it mixed up. I don't know if they say the third watch or the fourth watch, but if you actually look up the watches of the night, um, the watch of the night where they saw him was, the, was midnight to 3am. And it's interesting that even the disciples in the first century, because of the time, they assumed that was a ghost. And so we don't just, we don't get this from modernity or from our Hollywood movies. This is, these are long ingrained beliefs that go all the way back. And for some reason, midnight to 3 a.m. are the hours that these things like to come out and play. Mm. Super interesting. Well, 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 Vicki, we'll have you back on for another show. You know, if, if you could uh, just let us know when you're available, we could do like another you know, on, on somebody like maybe another chapter of your book or, you know, sure. or, or whatever subject you like to do. We, we had a good time awesome. with you. I think we're all on the same page here. And I think that's amazing. I love that you brought up, uh, you know, a lot of people are scared to say the word firmament. A lot of people are scared to speak about that, that there's angels could be stars, uh, even though the Bible, you know, says that. So I really sure. appreciate you being open to that. And, um, Uh, I think you explained it well. You know, I think that the first heaven is where the moon, sun, and the stars are located. The second heaven would be the firmament. And the third heaven would be where God's throne is. And you can see Revelation 4, 6 uh, talking about that. Uh, There's waters in heaven. I think that's really amazing. You hear water and thunder in in heaven. I think that's amazing. Uh, The the beautiful, the beauty of, uh, of his throne, the sapphire. Um, I, I love it. I think this is a great conversation. I really appreciate you coming on. And um, I think this is a good conversation. I think it's healthy for the audience. And um, if you could, you know, if you could definitely, when, once we put this out, I'll, I'll give you uh, the links. If you could share it on your social media and we'll share it on all, on all ours. And I'll also share your book. Okay. Definitely. Thank you Thank so you. much. I'd, I'd love to come back. Yeah, I'm going to end this in prayer like we always do. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, you know what people are going through, Lord, when they're going through sleep paralysis. You know uh, the channel that these demonic entities came in on. If you could, Lord, anybody that's going through this that's listening, if you could, Lord, close those doors or supernaturally help them to close those doors. I want to close the door on Jason, close the door on Vicky. I know she's probably prayed this already, but I just want to say it here, you know. Uh, or close the door on me on any any problem that I'm having, Lord, if you could please um, help us, Lord. I know it's we, we wrestle against, uh, it's not against flesh and blood, but principalities of evil. I know we need to fear you 
and not the ones that could care the body, but the one that could kill the soul. So God, help me, help Jason, help Vicky, protect Vicky as she um, you know, tours around these podcasts. And, and I know that she's going from podcast to podcast and and she is Christian and, and she needs you to, you know, put a legion of angels around her. Uh, as she's writing these books, Lord, please give her the knowledge that she needs. Uh, give her the time that she needs, the relaxation, take away the anxiety, uh, any type of depression or any type of fear or anything that's trying to come at her, Lord. If you could, please let her write these books intelligently um, and let it come to her easily um, and, uh, you know, help her out with what she's doing. Obviously, she has a lane that she's she's going in and, and it's important um, so that people feel comfortable with what they're going through instead of them feeling uncomfortable and letting the demon get even more in. So, God, thank you so much for everything you do for us. We love you and we appreciate you. In Jesus name. Amen. amen. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. If you guys could just share the podcast, uh, give us a five-star rating on Apple, Spotify. It really helps us out and it helps out the algorithm. We love you. God bless you.